Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or the lager end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I am Scott Corelli. Today we're preparing to annihilate Minute 14, which begins with Gary telling Andy that he was the best friend he ever had, and ends with Peter, Stephen, Oliver, and Andy waiting for Gary to arrive. Mm Mm-hmm. We did it. We did it. They're all here. The gang's all, well, almost all almost, here. We're almost missing Gary. Here. We're missing one of them. Uh, one of them's late to the party. I but... really I really love this minute. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Honestly, it it is really impressive how quickly everybody gets together. Like, it's done so fast. Like, 15 minutes and the movie's going. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, act one's over at this point. Like, as soon as Gary shows up, act one's over. Mm-hmm. Really, I think Act One ended with him walking out of Andy's office, and we're we're 14 minutes into this. Yeah, so 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 we get uh, we start with Gary telling Andy that he was the best friend he ever had, which is not a lie. I don't think. No, I, I don't think that's a lie. I think that is that is Gary telling the truth, definitely, but using the truth to manipulate Andy. Yes, like the best liars do. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah, and I, I I don't even think I don't I don't even think the other Musketeers would argue with that of like. Yeah, we were all a gang and we loved each other, but like Gary and Gary and Andy were were BFFs. Yeah, they were tight. I had friends yeah. like that. I, I had a friend group in, in high school where it was like, yeah, we're all cool, but these two are like sim- somehow simultaneously Woody and Buzz and Woody and Bullseye. Right. Totally. Gumby and Pokey. Totally. Han, yes. Ton and Chewy. Yes. Do you who do you think loves who do you think loves Woody more, uh, uh, Buzz or Bullseye? I mean, it's Bullseye for sure. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, I think uh, I don't I don't know that Buzz and Woody love each other. I think that they <laughs> respect each other. I think they're friends. Um, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't, like... I lo- love is a little a little strong. I think. Wow, you think so? After all these years, yeah, I don't know. I think they care about each other, but I don't, I don't know. I've never, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just um, the fact that like, it never even occurs to Woody that Buzz would miss him oh, when right. he leaves in Toy Story 4. That uh, I'm just like, oh, maybe they don't really care about each other that much. Hey, Buzz, I mean, you know, we've, uh, we're acquaintances at best. You led me into consciousness, Woody. <laughs> I thought I was a spaceman before you. <laughs> It yeah, also, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of your uh, voice actor anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tim the Rat Allen. Uh, Google man. it. Yep. Yep. Um. <laughs> um. I. Uh, I don't know. They also both have significant others to kind of cushion the blow. Yeah, Whereas that's I, true. I don't think Bullseye. Bullseye never met like a Shabullseye. Yeah, a lady horse. Yeah. Um. So there's this really great moment where uh as gary leaves andy's office 
mm-hmm. he knows that he's won Andy over. Yeah. Because he can play this dude like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he came in with a B plan tells sure. you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he as he's walking out of that office, he gives Felicity a little wink. Mm-hmm. As if to be like, got him. Got him. Got him. Ferris, very Ferris, very Ferris Bueller and Cameron, these two. Yeah. See, this is this is one of the things. It's like if they ever did a Ferris Bueller sequel, this is kind of what I would want it to feel like. Yeah. I've never been against a Ferris Bueller sequel as long as it was about that. Yes, I agree. Where like, I don't know, maybe because I'm not, I wasn't. I wa- I found Ferris Bueller at home on a on a beautiful sick day. Right. Um, God, I love that movie. But like, yeah. I, I, I never, I was never someone who was like, you can't, you can't touch that one, man. You can't make a sequel to. Right. But yeah. I was, I'm also the guy who would have liked to see the weird Pineapple Express super bad sequel that they were talking about. Oh, what was that? They had like a half joking idea where like, um, like the cops from super bad get involved with like, a case involving like they have to team up with Saul and Dale or I think there Wait, was so, a, so they're playing they're they're both they're like Seth Rogen is playing two parts I think they would I think they were going to say that Seth Rogen's character in Superbad would have been killed oh and that they that so Bill Hader teams up with Dale Denton and Saul Silver oh to it's kind of a little bit with apparently if you watch this is the end the uh the remember when they make pineapple express 2 yeah the weights weights for the people it's the people's weight is like that that's kind of what it would have been about is it would have been about a politician trying to legalize marijuana and he gets they keep someone's trying to assassinate him and like bill Hader was like on the case that's like his security detail wow and then somehow uh michael sarah and jonah hill get wrapped up in it Kind of a weird, like, uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back sort of situation, huh? Definitely. And I think they had a – somehow that whole crew had a fork in the – I think This is the End is kind of the closest we got to a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back from that crew. Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of – it's 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 really weird. Like, Seth Rogen hasn't been in a Judd Apatow joint since, I think, Funny People. Right. But there was – it doesn't seem like there was ever a falling out. There was just, like, a graduation. Yeah, because it, it, it feels like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were just like, I mean, we kind of just like, not for nothing, bro, but like, we don't really need you anymore. And yeah. like, we like direct stuff and we have our own stuff. Yeah. We're producing stuff and yeah. we're sort of godfathering. We're sort of learning. Right. We're learning from you. Right, right. Yeah. And creating, hel- helping people make their stuff. And Judd Apatow is, I don't know, making documentaries about Wilco. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you take out you take out all the alien stuff, and I think that this is essentially what the sequel to Ferris Bueller would be. Yes, I it would mean, have been. Hey, life never got better for me than that one day that I made you trash your dad's car. Yeah, it would be. It would be. It would be like Cameron would be the the Ferris Bueller in the sequel, like. Not oh, in so much as like, not wow. in so much as like, gear, like as a, as in he is like a Ferris Bueller type, mm-hmm. but meaning he's fulfilling that role where he is teaching Ferris how to be an adult, yeah, and like how to grow up and still enjoy your life. I like that Cameron. Cameron takes Ferris on a day off, right, to help him show 
to, to help teach Ferris a lesson. Right. Yeah. Because like the in Ferris, it was all about, no, I was doing this for you, man. This whole day off yeah. was for you because you're about to piss your life away. Yeah. And not for nothing, but I think uh, Cameron ended up uh, marrying Salone. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I think that happened. Damn. Yeah. Now, me and Sarah. Sloan was Sloan's great. Sloan's a really good character. <laughs> Sloan might be my very first crush. Wow. I think that might be the case. My very first crush was uh Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger. Yeah, she was up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I remember being really excited when I could watch her in like in a grown-up show. Yeah. Felicity. <laughs> oh, wow. I never watched Felicity. Oh, oh, dude, you you would di- I'm surprised cuz it's like too. it's part of the the Abrams canon. Yeah. I'm surprised that you never watched that. It's uh it it's never been readily available to me. It was on Netflix for like 5 years. Shit. <laughs> well, I think I always got it confused with Ally McBeal. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there the, the thing about Felicity that is the weirdest thing is that like in season 4 they just gave up on it being a normal college show and they introduced the idea of alternate realities. <laughs> That's J.J. Abrams. Yeah. In season four, Felicity became a sci-fi show. It was which, the weirdest thing. Which one and which one do they date Robert Downey Jr. for a little bit? Is it Ally McBeal? Uh, yeah, that's Ally McBeal. Okay. Yeah. Because Felicity is a NYU show. They're all col- They're all in college. Uh, and Ally McBeal, she's like a lawyer, right? Yeah, she's a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the non... The non- Power Ranger Amy Jo Johnson joint that I really remember is Susie Q. Oh, yeah. I remember Susie Q. That was a Disney Channel original movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not a grown-up thing. No, but non-Power Rangers. <laughs> not, but not Power Rangers. That's true. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Big, uh, big, big Ferris Bueller energy walking out of that room and... They yeah, I'm just, re- I'm just realizing this is essentially a Ferris Bueller sequel. Like, that's what this is in a mm-hmm. way. Um, if Ferris Bueller, if Ferris Bueller's Day Off took place in 1990 rather than 1986. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost, I don't know. I wish someone would just cast him as a Ferris Bueller type again, Matthew Broderick, just to see if he still got it. <sighs> yeah. The problem is I also like part of me also doesn't want to reward that because he got away with murder or sure. manslaughter sure, depending um, on with no, uh, no uh, repercussions. Mm-hmm. So there's like part of me that's also like, ah, but fuck Matthew Broderick, right? <laughs> like <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> don't look at me. I'm Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Torrent nothing. It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to say. <laughs> I, have, I have complex feelings about uh, the broads. Um, I don't know. So we get – uh, so the, the train door is open. Eddie Marsden is the first one to step out. Mm-hmm. I like that they appear in the same order that he gathered them. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, I really – I just love everyone's introduction. I love Stephen running into – it's so interesting to me that Stephen goes in for the, the manly handshake. Yes. But, I, this is in my notes. Yes. But Oliver goes in for the hug. Yes. Following Gary King into almost certain oblivion. Hello, Steven. Yeah, he does he does the he does the the like the Italian mob boss yeah. <laughs> like hands when he says almost certain oblivion. Hello, Steven. Hello, Steven. I just uh, these are in the in the in the best way possible, in the most positive way possible, I mean this. These are just very manly 
greetings. Yeah. These are these are uh, this is a bunch of friends. Like yeah, it feels... the chemistry is palpable between yeah. these guys. And I was like, oh, like, are we you know, like, are we really doing this? Like, I was thinking it's not going to be the last. Especially these three. Yeah, um, I think these three have have their own chemistry separate from uh, Nick Frost and Simon. Pitt. Yeah, because they were kind of like it, it must have been difficult sometimes to be a, a little bit aware of. We're all friends, but those two are better friends with each other. So it's up to the three of us to sort of lean on each other. Which is exactly what it probably was like for these characters in high school. Yeah. Of like, oh, there they go. You know, it's it's almost like how Mary and Pippin had different energy. Well, they were cousins. But, well, they were all cousins. But (laughs) (laughs) Hobbits just can't keep fucking each other. (laughs) We can't stop fucking each other. <laughs> We're hobbits, you see. Oh man! But yeah, yeah, I, I really, I really love the energy between the three of them. It's just, it's very warm. It's unforced. Um, I do remember the the first time watching this, almost kind of like, <laughs> just <laughs> where do you think the name Hobbit comes from? We're horny and we fuck like rabbits. We're horny. We fuck like rabbits. Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone knows that, Pip. <laughs> Are you jokers talking about how we keep fucking each other? <laughs> and that's all of them. I don't want to do Frodo. Uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings Minute. Dueling Genre. <laughs> DuelingGenre.com. <laughs> I'm sure they have conversations about, about that. Uh, Lord of the Rings Minute. Anyway, um, here's hoping they never cover the Hobbit movies. Bless their hearts. No, may they may they never subject. May themselves. they never. Yeah, I got my I got I got the first one on Blu-ray, and I've been thinking. I mean, if I had a Blu-ray player, I probably would have watched it by now. Do you watch uh, uh, Lindsay Ellis's three-part? Oh, Hobbit. I, I think that's I think that's her best work. Oh yeah, it is. It definitely is. I think it's. Uh, I think it should have won her like an Emmy or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, that 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 cliffhanger where she goes to New Zealand. Spoilers was. Like, oh man. Like, the yeah. thing where she's constantly saying the whole time, it's not going to be three parts. It's not going to be. Th- it's going to be two. It's going to be two parts. Yeah. And then at the very end of the second part, they're like, yeah, it's going to be three. <laughs> it's really her, good. Her cat's video is really good, though. Yeah. The cat's video was very good. Um, she's just a great. We went, on a, we went on a tear watching all of her musical episodes. So we did, oh, really? uh, we did uh, Phantom and uh, Rent. Also, which nice. were, all, the rent, all three of them were good. Oh yeah, the rent one's great because it's yeah. It's so I don't know. She's just a great documentarian. She is. She's good. She's a good. She's a good essayist. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't. I think I think only the Hobbit one and really only the the third part. Uh, I think qualifies for documentary status. Right, right, right. Um, because because she's she doesn't she rarely shoots anything new. Yes, you know. Um, it's usually. Uh, uh, just like her in her bedroom or office under bad lighting, (laughs) talking to the camera or doing VO and then using footage that she found, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I I would say is the difference between a video essayist and a documentarian uh, documentarian. Yeah. But her Hobbit, her Hobbit series is definitely a documentary. Definitely. It's nuts. Um, it's like an expose. Yeah, no, for real. (laughs) I know it's crazy. she, She crams in like the history of an industry. Yeah. Um, and speaking of hobbits, there he yes, is. Yes, there he is. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just uh, the Hobbit himself. I remember the first time I watched this movie, almost being a little bit like, "Oh God!" I almost think I've seen too many Edgar Wright movies because I know what he's doing when it's when when they're like like oh like uh, oh it's going to be on his gravestone. Oh, who are you kidding? He's going to outlive all of us. Oh, they'd be sad if it wasn't true. I'm like, oh okay, they're all going to die. Yeah. Like the first time I watched this movie, I I was like, oh okay, they're all gonna die. And I'm like, damn they're it, they're all gonna die. Yeah, I, I know how he, I know how this guy works, and I almost wish I didn't. Yeah, yeah, because no, that's I, definitely true. He's laying the whole movie out for you already. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, this is the moment where they say, uh, didn't we stop letting Gary be our fearless leader somewhere around 1992? Mm-hmm. So that 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 says that um you know they left before uh Andy. Cuz you know it what seems. happens sometimes is you ever do you ever like mentally break up with someone and not always mm-hmm. a relationship but a friend but then you keep seeing them for a while afterwards? Sure. I remember that happened a lot in that post starting college but still being emotionally tied to high school where you would see someone on breaks or on summer or on weekends and it's like oh this guy yeah yeah because it was uh i i remember not really i like i've never felt more like a like a like somebody's uncle or something than me like bringing up people that you were friends with when i knew you in high school and you'd be like oh yeah i don't really hang out with him anymore (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) And I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like I, I like I was like, "Oh, I, I felt like I knew what your life was, and now I don't know it anymore." You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like I don't talk to him anymore. Now I only talk to these guys. Uh, I'm like, "Oh, that's, that makes me sad." Because like are... I don't, I didn't know any of them, but I thought <laughs> I did. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's kind of the difference between because then I think something happened to me as I got to the end of college. And now that I'm out of college to where high school is like, I remember the stuff that mattered to me, but the stuff that mattered to me, that list has gotten shorter. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really remember. I don't really remember the people who were mean to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. One time a dude made fun of me. (laughs) I don't really, I remember how his face looked, but I don't remember what his name was. Like I'm never, Dude, I have ex-girlfriends. I don't remember their name. I like, <laughs> cannot remember their name for the life of me. Wow. Just too long ago. It's yeah, just no, too for long sure. ago. It's too long ago, and I haven't thought of them in, you know, 15 years, 20 years, you know? And it's yeah. just like, I don't I don't remember. I just mm-hmm. do not remember their name. That's um, funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've, never, I've never been one of those people that are like, you know, when someone sometimes you're reading someone's memoir and it's like, oh, it's fine. I don't remember you, Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin's a real person. Uh, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, Ashley Johnson. That's also a real person. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Ashley McKenzie, who like put glue in my hair in the seventh grade. I don't remember you. And it's like, I don't remember that. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. 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 You yeah, it's it's uh it's it's difficult. I guess I just don't like when I hear um when I hear like I mean we were talking about Kevin Smith I think in yesterday's minute. Yeah. Um and uh you know, he does these podcasts with these friends that he knew like 
that he had in like high school and, and, and a little after high school. And they'll talk about like what things were like then. And they'll like reminisce and they'll talk about really detailed situations and events that happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just listen to this and I'm just like, I have no memories like that. Like I don't have really strong specific memories like that. And I don't know if that makes me a sociopath because I just didn't care. No, I, I, I I worry about that constantly because I've been, I've been kind of at this tear. I've been on this uh, mental thing where I, I, I'm almost cataloging everything I've ever experienced in my life Mm -hmm. because I think I'm clinging, clinging to those memories because if I forget it, that means that it's gone. And kind of greedily, I want to remember as much as my life as I can, mm-hmm. because I'm very, very fortunate and very uh, um, privileged that I've had a pretty trauma-free existence for the most part. Mm-hmm. So most of my memories are good. And so I want to remember all of them because I don't want to forget because then mm-hmm. they're gone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to remember everything. You know, and so I envy people who can write memoirs or autobiographies because I'm like, holy shit, you remember like what your biology class looked like? Right. Yeah. Or like you remember who sat where in the cafeteria? That I have no memory of. There are certain things that I can remember and certain things that I don't I I cannot. And it's details like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I remember what every one of my classrooms in high school looked like. I can remember that. Okay, I bet I, I could if I tried. I cannot remember where anyone sat or which classes I had with people. Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember details like that at like, all. Like, I know in every class I had, probably, there was at least one girl that I was attracted to or thought was cute. Sure. And would that semester would be like, oh, no, what if so-and-so looks at me today? Or yeah, what, yeah. If I, what, if, what, what if I have to talk to her today? And now I'm like, I couldn't remember. No, I can no. remember like the three or four really hardcore crushes that I had in high school. Barely, but now I'm kind of now the older Man. I get realizing that I kind of wasn't attracted to a lot of people in high school. No, I, I don't remember. I didn't have a lot of patty mayonnaises. No, I, I don't think I had any. I don't I don't I don't think like I, I, I like most of the time if I had a crush on a girl. It was because she was single and I was like trying to date her, like date her. Um, and, and usually it worked out, uh, even if it was only for a short amount of time. Sure. Um, but, but, uh, I don't remember any like big, like unrequited ones. You had, you had that, you were free of that mental block that I had that saw asking a girl out as an impossibility. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I think I, I, in retrospect, I'm like, you were a normal enough kid to where if you just like f- pretended to be confident for a few minutes and asked a girl out, she probably would have said yes. And you would have had a girlfriend for a few weeks. You know what yeah, I mean? You know, you know what I think it was, was that um, I think I was like that before I moved to Indiana. And then when I moved to Indiana and I was going to my tiny high school and the the girl that every guy had a crush on asked me out. Wow. I think that was the moment that like gave me the confidence that like, Oh wait, do girls like me? And then after Mm -hmm. I dated her for like two weeks uh, Mm -hmm. in which she dumped me by having her friend give me a note. uh, That was a, a dear John letter in which she said that she felt like a butterfly trapped in a jar. And if she did not escape, 
uh, she would wither and die. Jesus. Um, we were dating for two weeks. I called her on the phone one time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We had different lunches, so we didn't even hang out at lunch. Oh, that's a big one. So it was just like, it was like, there was, it was like, we, like, I don't know how I was the jar. Like, it was like, literally, like, I like confront her and I was like, I'm the jar. You think I'm the jar? <laughs> like, I remember, and just like kind of laughing it off and her getting really mad at me for laughing off her feelings when sure. I was just like, you think I'm a jar. We never spend any time together. What are you talking about? Um, oh, wow. That's great. But uh, uh, after that, um, yeah, like I kind of had like a renewed confidence where I would just like ask girls out. Um, sure. So I don't know. It was, a, it was a thing. And now you can barely remember them. And now I can barely remember them because I dated so much, Nick. Mm-hmm. Dated so many girls. Um, no, I mean, I you know, I did, I did, I did date a lot, but they were all like really short relationships. Sure, and and they were nothing. Like it was, it was like yeah. they were. Most of them were like in genuinely like innocent relationships. Definitely, you know? and I think that's healthy. And I think, I think, uh, I think it's as healthy as the other way around, which is you know, I had friends that had like can remember every girl they've ever dated because it's three girls. Right, sure. And it's sure. a and it's a huge definitive chapter of their lives. Yeah. Of like that was the Taylor era, that was the Lindsay era, you know. Sure. I I can after a certain point. Like yeah. after after high school, I can remember every single one very specifically. For sure. Um it's just in high school they don't really matter. They're not real. Yeah. And uh and and you just yeah, they just they've fallen out of my brain. Mhm. Because I think I recognize my adult brain recognizes that they're not important and they don't yeah. matter. Well, what is it that Sherlock says? Like your mental, your mind palace. Sure, you can only mind fit, palaces. You can only fit valuable information in there. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. It's not. It's not particularly valuable. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, so this train station is High Wycombe Railroad Station. Uh, and it was established in 1854. And that is all of the interesting information about this train station. Great. <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah, it doesn't look super interesting. No, no. It's a, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a overground station mm-hmm. uh, versus an underground station. And then we get um, uh, O-Man saying, he kind of, he kind of does like a dad joke or a, a awkward grown man friend joke of like, wait, sorry, I'm trying to see who's the, trying to think who's the biggest idiot for coming. Cut right. to Andy. Right. Um, I like to. Did he hear them talking about this? And is <laughs> like, and is like saying, like, it's me. I win. I win this argument. Uh, <laughs> I, or I win this contest. Whatever. Or is he? Did he just spot them and is whistling to get their attention and doesn't know what they're talking about? I like the first one, but I think it's the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think it's the first one for us, the audience. Yeah. Coincidence humor is uh, a big part of uh, Edgar Wright's oeuvre. Yeah, um, he loves uh, he loves like coincidental humor. Oh, you mothers! And I, yeah, right. And I think this is uh, this is like one of those situations, or like uh, uh, like p- piss taker. So, Mister Staker, <laughs> P.I. Staker, piss taker. Oh, I love hot fuzz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just but yeah, that's like coincidental humor where it's like, wow, if the new Bev survives, that's definitely something that's going to be, that's not an opportunity I'm going to miss again. If any of those movies are playing on the big screen. Oh, at the new Bev. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't tell you this, but I, I don't think I did. Did I? No, I think I told you that um, I was uh, planning on doing a uh, a showing of The World's End at the at the ArcLight. Oh, you did uh, tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was in, in time for the uh, 30th anniversary of The Golden Mile. Oof. Yeah. That's crazy that it's been 30 years since that yeah. thing happened. That happened, that <laughs> happened in the big thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be uh, – uh, what what is it? June June the twenty first, nineteen ninety. So June the twenty first, twenty twenty, um, was supposed to be the, uh, the date that we were going to show it. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to happen now. Well, but. now you just have to watch it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh joy! Um, I definitely would uh love to host a trilogy screening. You and I definitely that one. That'd be great. I think that'd be cool, but I don't know who would do it for us. Um. <laughs> In any event, <laughs> see one of those uh, tweet alongs. Those are hot right now. Oh yeah, they are pretty hot. Um, yeah, and then uh, so he shows up, and then we get a recreation of Waiting for Guffman called Waiting for Gary. Yeah, so sad just seeing them all mushed together on a bench. <laughs> yeah, just four grown with their men. luggage. Yeah. I like that they all have like like very different luggage. Hmm. Um, I it's it's just this fucking movie is just designed within an inch of its life just oh yeah so much perfect like just production design you know where it's like who are these characters you know and it's like well oliver looks like this he would have luggage he would have like pull along luggage like Mm -hmm. luggage with wheels and uh and and andy looks like this and he would have luggage that looks like a uh like a like a a portfolio or like a a lawyer yeah, um, and then Stephen has Stephen kind of has the cool guy luggage, kind of yeah. like the Walter like Mitty a leather bag, like an old yeah. leather bag, beat up leather bag, and then uh, uh, Pete's literally just looks like something he dug out of the bottom of his closet. Yeah, yeah, going on a trip, are we? Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. I love it so much. Um, the the production design in this is just impeccable. I imagine it's pretty intimidating being Edgar Wright's production designer. Oh yeah, I bet. Or maybe it it's it's really joyful because it's it's like you know that your director is going to have an answer to every one of your questions. Yeah, and like, oh, I don't care who gives a shit. It's Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Whatever. Make him look funny. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> I love my job. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, uh I think that's is that it? What all we got here? Yeah, but, uh, you know, T Public, duelinggenre.com slash merch. Anything you order on T Public, if you go to duelinggenre.com slash merch, will help us out. Yes, it'll help us out if you buy a Cornetto Minute coffee mug. Yes, it'll help us out if you buy a Back to the Future Minute poster and put it on your wall. Uh, you should show us that because it's made us, it makes us really happy to, uh, to show, to, to see that. But anything you get, You'll be supporting independent artists and, uh, you know, buy a freaking Rocket Raccoon t-shirt or something. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> we'll go to DuelingGenre.com. You'll be helping us out and you'll be helping out independent artists. Everyone wins. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, here. Yeah. And we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 15. But for now, let's boo-boo. <laughs>